0: Welcome to Nathan's School of Thought. I'm Nathan Walker, Global Performance Coach, here to share principles gleaned from decades of teaching, training, and coaching on four continents. Whether you're a senior executive, salesperson, new parent, military leader, artist, musician, head of a nonprofit, or student, it doesn't matter who you are, only who you can become. Join me each week to have your brain flipped upside down as we move together toward a happier, Healthier and much more productive life. Hello, my friends. Not long ago, a dreaded day arrived. It was time for me to go talk to the accountant about taxes. Now, anybody who knows me knows that I would rather chew off my own hands than do taxes. I can't imagine doing that for a living. I'm the last person on the planet who would ever be an accountant. But part of this is based on an experience I had years ago when my wife and I were first married. At the time, I had a job working at a college, but they figured out a way to pay me multiple part-time contracts with no benefits. So with a couple of children having already joined our family, I was making less than $800 a month, teaching college, I know, I should have gone somewhere else. My wife asked if there was anything she could do to contribute to our family's tiny little purse. And I said, sure, you make really good cookies. Why don't you go out to the car lot where there are a lot of guys standing around, bring some cookies in a little Ziploc bag and just sell cookies to them for a dollar a piece. Oh, I could never do that. I said, no, they're really good. There are a whole lot of places where people would love a cookie and they'll pay whatever it takes to get one. So with a look of trepidation, she filled a little basket with little bags full of chocolate chip cookies with a little bow tied on top of the handle, and off she went. She came back about an hour later with a look of absolute disbelief, an empty basket, and a wad of money. We were excited when we went in to get our taxes done, knowing that at least we had a little more income to report. The sad and short version is, Somehow, it came out that with the added income from the cookie sales, along with my meager income from teaching college, we actually owed taxes, though he said, you're living at less than half the poverty line. I still don't know how that works. I wonder if maybe we chose the wrong accountant. Not only that, but he looked at me and said, you know, you actually have a negative net worth. You're worth more dead than alive. That sentence hit me like a ton of bricks. I was already ashamed of my inability to provide for my family. I felt terrible, like a total failure. And now this guy says, You're worth more dead than alive. The reason it hit me so hard is because I thought he was telling the truth. I really did wonder if I was that worthless if I was worth more dead than alive. Those feelings from many years ago came back to me as I sat at the accountant's office a couple of weeks ago, and I relived those feelings that I had had. I also thought, you know, I really should do a podcast about this, because I know I'm not the only person that's ever felt that way. Many of you have experienced what I felt. I'm a failure. I'm worthless. My family would be better off without me. I'm ashamed of my life, or I'm a bad person. God must be trying to punish me. If people really knew what I'm like, they wouldn't love me, and so on. That's not a good place to be. I'll tell you that gradually, over time, I became very happy in my career and very successful. We raised a good family, and life was really good as a whole. I'm grateful for my life, grateful for my family, grateful for a lifetime of experiences that were just more marvelous and, in some cases, miraculous than I could ever have imagined sitting in that accountant's office and being told I was worth more dead than alive. My income reached comfortably into six figures, and I was able to make friends and have experiences all over the world. Never could I have dreamed that that would happen. But you don't know what life holds for you, good or bad. Life is filled with challenges. That's part of what we're here to experience. Sometimes we get the mistaken idea that we should play God and do the work of punishing ourselves. To heck with forgiveness and grace. I know I should get over this, but... or I know I shouldn't have done this, and... And then we take up the job of beating ourselves over the head for something that we are not, should not, or could not have been. How do I know what that feels like? How do I know what it feels like to punish yourself for being a failure? Well, because I experienced that too. My mental and emotional beatdown would often manifest itself as physical injuries. It seemed that my body was actually trying to make the punishment I felt I deserved into a physical reality. I've broken just about my everything. I was not only unhappy in those moments, but I was ashamed of being unhappy and sought then to punish myself for ingratitude. Shame, guilt, and punishment continued for years and made life much more difficult than it needed to be. Some people deal with challenges or with suffering by doing what I call marinating in misery thinking it noble to suffer in silence and accept the admiration of others for being so stoic about it. But that admiration can be fleeting, and it too can become a burden. The moment the sufferer begins to think his or her life is without meaning, the punishment begins anew. Some, instead of punishing themselves, punish God. They throw their anger at the unfairness of it all heavenward, and wait for god to capitulate and restore their health their job their reputation or their lost child too often our experiences and the way we approach challenges gets tangled up with our identity i'm add i came from a broken home i've lost my faith i'm dyslexic i was bullied i'm divorced i was abused i was unfairly fired i was falsely accused my team is incompetent and it's not my fault I have an autoimmune disease, I have, I was, I can't. All of these are serious challenges, but they're not you. You are not an ADD person, a broken home person, a lost my faith person, a bullied person, a dyslexic person, etc., etc. That's not you. A friend of mine used to say in almost every conversation, but I'm ADD, so fill in the blank as though the course of her life would be completely determined by that particular challenge. It won't be. One of the numerous struggles you have in mortality may be one or more of the things that I've mentioned, but those are not the totality of who you are. You are the sum of all your experiences, all of your God-given gifts, your challenges, and your personality. Your life has meaning and purpose. The quest you should be on is to find both. Those who marinate in misery often think that by being openly glum and inconsolable, people will realize how sad or how miserable they are and step in to make things better. But here's the problem. The only person who can change your life into one full of meaning and purpose is you. But what if you don't know how? Listen to this beautiful quote. When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. That quote was from Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl was an Austrian neurologist, psychiatrist, philosopher, writer, and Holocaust survivor. In 1942, just nine months after he got married, Viktor and his family were sent to a Nazi concentration camp. His dad died there. In 1944, Viktor and the surviving members of his family were sent to Auschwitz. His mom and his brother were both gassed to death there. A little later, his wife died of typhus in a place called bergen Belsen. and Victor spent three years in four concentration camps. It was only after those horrific experiences that he wrote the most famous of his 39 books, entitled Man's Search for Meaning. Victor knew a little bit about suffering. Listen to what he said about this idea of finding your purpose and your meaning. Quote, what man actually needs is not a tensionless state, but rather the striving and struggling for some goal worthy of him. What he needs is not the discharge of tension at any cost, but the call of a potential meaning waiting to be fulfilled by him. All of you can heed the call of potential meaning. You have a work that no other can do. Now, doing this alone can be something between difficult and next to impossible. But since you and I aren't talking together one-on-one, may I suggest some things that will help you? These are seemingly small, but very powerful, life-changing ways to begin making life not only worth living, but really beautiful. Number 1. Sanctify Your Trials The meaning of sanctify is to set apart to a sacred purpose. We can find profound insight into the meaning of our lives when we ask what purpose these challenges have served, and what purpose they will serve in the future. What has this thing taught me? How can I apply that lesson to future decisions? What opportunities or relationships were formed in this season of difficulty? And most important of all, how have I used this experience to love and be loved? Viktor Frankl said, Once an elderly general practitioner consulted me because of his severe depression. He could not overcome the loss of his wife, who had died two years before, and whom he had loved above all else. Now, how can I help him? What should I tell him? Well, I refrained from telling him anything, but instead confronted him with the question, What would have happened, doctor, if you had died first and your wife would have had to survive you? Oh, he said, For her this would have been terrible. How she would have suffered. Whereupon I replied, You see, doctor, such a suffering has been spared her. And it was you who have spared her this suffering, to be sure, at the price, that now you have to survive and mourn her. He said no word, but shook my hand and calmly left my office. In some way, suffering ceases to be suffering at the moment it finds a meaning, such as the meaning of a sacrifice. Unquote. Number two. Recognize your freedom to choose. Again, quoting Viktor Frankl, forces beyond your control can take away everything you possess except one thing, your freedom to choose how you will respond to the situation. You cannot control what happens to you in life, but you can always control what you will feel and do about what happens to you. Number three. Search for things that will give your life meaning. Write them down. Ask for help in identifying those things. Be willing to step into new experiences and leave the past behind, especially those things in the past that are just baggage you rummage through to try and reclaim. Let it all go. Start a new chapter. Find a helper. Find a friend. Find a partner find a coach, find a way to think about, envision, and really understand things that would provide great meaning and satisfaction to you. There are some things you just can't get from a podcast. I'd love to talk with you one-on-one about this and help you start that new chapter or help you step over some obstacle that's been in your way for a long time. I'll link to my contact page in the episode description and you can tell me what you'd like to talk about. We'll schedule a few minutes free of charge to see where we might begin your transformation. I look forward to hearing from you. I look forward to seeing you transform. We'll talk again soon.